Hi everybody, I hope this finds us all doing really well. We're up to part 19 of this marriage covenant between Christ and his church, and then between a husband and a wife. And in part 17 and 18, we looked at the individual roles that or instructions that God gives us as a husband and a wife. And in part 19, I want to look at who we must become if we are going to be able to keep these instructions and be this kind of husband and be this kind of wife. You see, we're not naturally born with the ability to keep these eternal standards. We're not naturally born these kinds of people. We must become them through the partaking, or in other words, the eating of his Christ's flesh and the drinking of his blood. And this is not something that just naturally happens. We need to learn what this is because it is not a natural thing. It is a spiritual thing to partake of Christ's life himself. So we must become this kind of husband and we must become this kind of wife. And when I take wedding ceremonies, I say to the couple, it's not about finding Mr. or Mrs. Wright. It's about becoming the right kind of person in this covenant. And I heard this saying recently, and I've captured this, and I want to share this with you because I think this embodies what we're talking about really well. It says, an attractive man and a pretty woman will make a beautiful wedding, but a righteous man and a virtuous woman will make a beautiful marriage. Let me say that again. An attractive man and a pretty woman will make a beautiful wedding. But a righteous man and a virtuous woman will make a beautiful marriage. And it is about having a beautiful marriage. So much time and energy goes into the natural wedding day. But I wonder how much time, energy, resource and focus goes into growing and developing this marriage covenant. And so much of that is determined by who we are becoming, whether we're going to become a righteous man who lives a life of righteousness and whether we're going to become a virtuous woman who also lives this life of righteousness out. And so the way that we become a righteous man and the way that we become a virtuous woman is exactly the same. It's through partaking of Christ's life himself. The way we be and the way we become this kind of husband or this kind of wife is exactly the same. It's about partaking of Christ himself. And we're going to look at John 6, 53 to 58. And we're going to unpack line by line each verse and see what we can discover. So this is verse 53 of John 6. So Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in yourselves. Truly, truly, I say to you, Jesus is making a statement of intent, of absolute truth. He says, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man, which was himself, and drink of his blood, you have no life in yourselves. 
What kind of life are we talking about that we don't have within himself? Well, if Jesus is eternal life, then we must eat and drink of him if we're going to have an eternal life within us. So what he's saying is unless you eat eternal life and drink eternal life, you will have no eternal life in you. You will still be justified by blood, but have an earthly life in you. You will still think the way you've always thought. You will still have the attitudes that you've always had. You will have the belief systems you always have had as an earthling rather than being an eternal being. And you'll have no eternal life in you. And that is very different from eternity because eternal life can be experienced today and now, which enables and empowers us to become a righteous husband or a virtuous wife. 54 says, he who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. He who eats me eternal life, drinks me eternal life, has eternal life. And I will raise him up on that last day, on that day of my return. Verse 55, for my flesh is true food and my blood is true drink. And we see earlier on in John 6, Jesus said, why do you work for food that perishes? Why don't you work for eternal food, which is me? Come to me so I can give you what you don't have and what you can't give yourself. He's saying my flesh is the true food. It's the eternal food. It's the spiritual food. My blood, which holds all the life source, is the true drink. And we know blood in us brings us forth into life. And so he's saying we must eat, we must drink of the eternal life, which is Christ. It says to know Jesus, to know God is eternal life. Verse 56, he who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me and I in him. So once again, another absolute statement from Jesus. He's saying, he who eats my flesh and drinks my blood, that is the person who abides in me and I in him. And we know from John 15, that the one who abides, much fruit is produced. Much eternal fruit, eternal life is produced within that person, proving that you are a disciple of Christ. Verse 57, as the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so he who eats me, there we go, eats me, the bread of life, he also will live because of me. So we're able to live a kind of life because of the life that we're eating. In verse 58, this is the bread which came down out of heaven, not as the fathers ate and died he who eats this bread will live forever, will attain an eternal life now and into the future because eternal is forever. So we're always going to have an eternal life. Christ is eternal life and we will live forever with him. As you go through this line by line, you start realizing that we must be eating his flesh, drinking his blood, abiding in Christ if we're going to be a righteous man and a virtuous woman who is able to live out 
these divine eternal instructions. So what does it mean to eat his flesh and drink his blood? Because without this, we have no life within ourselves. Now, as we know, I'm talking spiritually. I pray you can hear these words spiritually because we're not talking about cannibalism. Certainly, as you follow these scriptures down, the Jewish people said, who can listen to this? This is too hard to understand because they were trying to grasp what Jesus was saying through their minds, which is not the way of the kingdom of God. It's through the heart. They couldn't hear what Jesus was saying. They had no reference for the spiritual eating or spiritual drinking. And I pray that we do. Otherwise, you run the risk of hearing the wrong thing or not even hearing what's being said and not being able to enter into and activate this eating and drinking. And so you have this life produced within you, which enables you to be a righteous man or a virtuous woman. This life is an eternal life, not an earthly one. And it is an eternal life we need if we're going to be able to keep God's clear eternal instructions. Listen to John 12, 52. I know that his commandment is eternal life. Therefore, the things I speak, I speak just as the Father has told me. I know that his commandment of love is an eternal life. There's no way that you can love your wife the way you're commanded to men unless you know this eternal life because the commandment is eternal life. And ladies, there's no way that you can align your life to your husband and bring yourself under his submission unless you're in an eternal life. So if we're not eating his flesh and drinking his blood, which produces an eternal life through abiding, we can't keep these divine instructions. Look at Luke 10, 25 to 28. And the lawyer stood up and put Jesus to the test saying, teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, what is written in the law? How does it read to you? And he answered, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, you have answered correctly. Do this and you will live. Now the problem is you can't keep that commandment unless you're eating his flesh and drinking his blood. You might be able to answer the question correctly, but you can't actually live out that commandment, as I've said, unless you're in eternal life through the abiding, which is to eat his flesh and drink his blood. And so we're stuck. And God gives us these commands, which we can't keep, to make us realize our absolute need to lose our lives and find this brand new life and then start living in and from the Spirit through eating this eternal food that produces an eternal life that we don't work for, but we are given it and we partake. As I've said, this eating and this drinking is a spiritual dynamic and one we must experience and know in the Spirit if we are to be and become this kind of husband, this kind of wife. If we don't have this eternal life in us through eating and drinking, then how can we demonstrate this eternal way of being Christ-like? We can't live it out. We don't live it out. And it really is as simple as that, but it's fully possible to live it out. 
And we are not to confuse an eternal life with eternity. They are two separate realities. And even though we will take our eternal life into eternity, they are not the same thing. We are to know, experience and live out an eternal life now. It's a now reality, not a future one. We can see from verse 53, the one who eats his flesh and drinks his blood abides in Christ. And so in turn, we have this fruit produced in us. John 15, 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I am him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. John 15, 8, my father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit. And so prove to be my disciples. In the bearing of much fruit, through eating his flesh and drinking his blood, you prove to be a disciple. You're not trying to prove the fruit, the life in you, eternal, which enables you to live like a righteous man or a virtuous woman, is the evidence that you're a disciple. In John 15, 10, if you keep my commandments, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. Now, if we don't know what it is to eat his flesh and drink his blood and the spirit, then you don't know what it is to abide. It's as simple as that. And as harsh as that might sound, it is the truth. But there is hope. But we do need to know what it is to abide. And so often people ask me, well, what does it mean? And so often you try to describe the spiritual dynamic and people are trying to understand this in their head rather than know what it is because they've received it. And so I'm not really even going to try to explain what this eating of the flesh and drinking of the blood is because it's almost too hard to describe. But it is like eating natural food and drinking natural water. And the significance of the impact that has to our natural body when we eat natural food and drink natural water is exactly the same as what happens when we eat and drink in the Spirit. But what I will say is I want to encourage you to seek the Holy Spirit and ask the Holy Spirit. Take your questions, take your how-tos to the Holy Spirit because He is your how-to. And He will show you in the Spirit through your asking, seeking, and knocking. And he will do a work within you. And then you will know the answer to your questions, but you will have experienced it. You won't be trying to understand it through your mind. You will have received it through the power of the Spirit. And then you will have this knowledge that you seek. And you'll then be able to continue to eat his flesh and drink his blood, having an eternal life produced within you, becoming and being this righteous man and this virtuous woman. This is the only way an eternal life is produced in us so then we be, can become this kind of spouse. So some questions for us to grapple with. What are our thoughts around the statement? An attractive man and a pretty woman will make a beautiful wedding, but a righteous man and a virtuous woman will make a beautiful marriage. Number two, why is it essential we become this husband and this wife? Three, what can you testify to in relation to the eating and drinking of Christ himself? Four, 
Why is this to be experienced and not intellectually grasped? And five, what can someone live out who abides in Christ? So this is part number 19. I pray that we are getting mana from above through all of these sessions. And you're being made aware of the significance, the, the hugeness of what it is to enter into this reality. So not only are we keeping our vertical covenant with God, but we're able to keep our horizontal covenant with our spouse, with those called neighbors as well. So take care. If you'd like to drop me a line, ask me a question, feel free. Other than that, we'll see you real soon for part 20.